0: Hello and welcome to Software Tech Talks. I'm Zoe Cunningham. Today we're going to be talking about moving into IT, maybe later in your career, so coming from another industry into technology. I'm joined today by Lorraine Phillips and Julian Ng who are both software developers at Software, but have come from different backgrounds. Could I ask you both to introduce yourselves? I think it would be really interesting to know what you did before you came to Software, and maybe also like an interesting or fun fact about you.
1: So my name's Lorraine Phillips. I've done quite a few different jobs since graduating, but most recently was a project, I was a project manager in a kind of the non-tech sector, so more like government work. Fun fact about myself, I have a minor... Candy crush addiction (laughs) so uh, (laughs) I often have to delete the app from my phone if I need to get any work done.
0: Thank you.
2: Hi I'm Julian and I used to be a management consultant specialising in change management and data analytics. I did that for about eight years for an engineering and government firm and fun facts about me I really like to play old school retro games.
0: Oh, ah, very cool. So you've both come from quite different careers then. So what was it that drew you to IT?
1: So for me, I was looking for a bit more flexibility in terms of the work I was doing. I wasn't the last job I was in before making the career change. I wasn't particularly enjoying. And then I think the catalyst, it was a tech startup and everyone got made redundant. <laughs> um, <laughs> And a month after that, I had a baby. So I had quite a long space of time to consider what I wanted to do next and could, I'd been interested in getting into software development. So I ended up doing a few courses and decided, yeah, this is what I want to do. Did the
0: reality of coding match up to the idea of coding?
1: Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had it in my mind because there's quite a few courses online, learn to code in X amount of time. you know. So I think I was dabbling on a few of these online courses which are great but I don't think they really give you a full insight into just how much there is to learn so I definitely thought yeah this seems easy <laughs> bit of html bit of css I've got this <laughs> so I think the reality was uh, it's actually a lot harder than that still doable but just yeah a much deeper learning curve than I had anticipated
0: mm.
2: I sort of dabbled a bit before. In my old job, I did a, bit of, I did a lot of spreadsheet works, so making spreadsheet models, quite complex tools for analytics, for decision-making, or for gener- generating massive reports for sales operations and stuff. And a lot of that required um, doing a lot of VBA for Excel, but not just recording macros and copy-paste here and there, but doing a lot of calculations and stuff. So that really got me interested into the coding world. It's really my first foray into coding but of a very different type to what I do now, obviously being VBA for Excel.
0: Yeah, but it is actual coding though. It's your writing code and then executing it in the spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: it's just that I generally had one function, which was 300 lines long, that's all. (laughs) So that got me really interested and I really wanted to pursue that as, as a result. And the company I was working in wasn't quite right for my sort of career ambition at that point. So I left that job after a pretty big life event and uh, decided oh you know I want to be a proper coder now, and how can I do that and so I signed up for Makers and the rest is history.
0: You made it sound really easy is it is it simple you just decide to be a software developer and then you can go and that's it? Uh,
2: Not at all. Um, Funny thing is I actually applied to Makers Academy two years prior to when I actually did it so I applied for it got onto it and then didn't follow it up because Mm -hmm. I had a lot of it's a very big, scary jump because you're leaving the security of a job. It's quite well-paying. You're comfortable. You've got to be able to make sure you can find yourself for like up to maybe six months of unemployment. You've got the big fee to pay. So there's a lot of pressures and a lot of things to consider. So it's quite scary. But yeah, it sort of took the big life event, which is basically my flat completely burning down and losing all my my belongings. Oh
0: my goodness.
2: (laughs) To then make me think, you know what, life's a bit short. I'm not going (laughs) to stick around any longer in an unhappy job. Wow, but you got
0: the positive out of it.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I am where I am now and all the better for it, to be honest.
0: You've literally risen from the ashes like a (laughs) phoenix. (laughs) That's so
2: cool. Was your journey similar? I think
1: I had... I'd been making some progress on maternity leave, kind of learning to code on my own. I think I just reached a bit of a plateau where I was like, I don't think I'm progressing that much. So I had to decide... There there are a few kind of boot camps around and my husband had mentioned the Makers Academy one to me. But I wasn't sure because I was on mat leave so finances are a bit tight and the kind of courses can cost a lot of money. So I think it's about £8,000 or so. Fortunately, or, you know, stroke of luck or, I don't know, something was going in my favour, Makers had actually put this offer where you would do the course for free and they would kind of guarantee you a job at the end. So it basically took a lot of the risk out of it which for me at that time was really important so I applied for, for that scheme got on it and that was kind of it It was a bit of a no-brainer at that point because then I was able to kind of learn what I needed to learn I didn't have to pay for it and I was kind of almost certain to have a job at the end of it which I think is very rare but it just made it possible for me but I do think there are things out there if you if you look and put out the good vibes <laughs> you never <you laughs> know what might happen because I think you know there is a real demand in the industry so I think You know, I think there are other kind of scholarship type things available and there's a few other similar schemes. So I guess it wasn't so hard in the sense that everything kind of fell into place for me and it just made it a lot easier for me to commit to it. It's a very interesting question, because
0: obviously you did then both
1: come through the same school, which is
0: Makers Academy. I'm really interested in this question of, can you teach yourself to code? Because on the one hand, there is so much out there on the internet. And like you say, little courses that will teach you JavaScript or teach you CSS, HTML. And then there's quite a big gulf between doing something simple and actually doing commercial software development. Mm. Do you think you could have either if you'd done it on your own?
2: So I did contemplate it. It it depends on who you are as a person and depends very much on what your lifestyle is like, what your personality traits are. I personally felt like I couldn't because I had too many things distracting me from being able to just sit down after a long day at work, sitting down and doing an online course and you're like, oh, for God's sake, I have to do this again. I'm just tired. (laughs) So it it depends on, on what you need. And I knew I needed full time, no distraction, having like sort of coach support ready, having my peers' support ready and everything, and that helped really boost me along. And as soon as I got in the course, I was just totally immersed in it, and I just lived and breathed coding. It's super intense and super stressful, well, for me anyway, not necessarily <laughs> for everyone, <laughs> but I still loved it. And that's, that was, for me, the right choice to make, whereas I know other people who have done gradually over time, just learning in their own time, or maybe they went through you know formal education to get there. There are various routes out there which you can go through.
1: Yeah, I definitely believe it's possible. I just think for me personally, it would have taken a lot longer. Also, the fact that I was on a kind of three-month course meant I wasn't trying to juggle anything else at the same time. You know, I kind of had that dedicated time, you know, eight hours a day for the next three months to focus on learning. And I think it's quite rare for you to... It'd be a lot harder to fit in those same hours in and around, say, another job or kind of all the... Other life admin that you have to do, so um, I think it definitely made sense for me. But I do think it's possible to learn on your own. But you know, you can go to like coding meetups, and there's lots of other resources. But I know for me, it would have taken a lot longer.
0: Mm. Well, I think it's fantastic. I think both of your achievement—it's really to change careers is difficult like it's not it's not something you can just decide to do there aren't enough software developers so it's an industry where we need more people coming into it that's good for software <laughs> and but it's also good for everyone else as well coming from that sort of vein like what's a tip that you would give someone else who is looking to do the same thing that you did
1: I would say definitely get involved in the tech communities Trying to do it on your own without support or advice or guidance from people who are in the industry and know about the industry, I think it's just going to make your life a lot harder. So, you know, get involved in as much as you can. Speak to as many people as you can. And I think, you know, with things like imposter syndrome, you know, being on the Makers Academy course, for example, you could you could talk about that sort of thing to people in your who were in the same shoes. You could kind of know, OK, it's not just me. I am making the right choice. You can get that reassurance that you need. And I think for me you know making that step there's been several moments where i thought oh is this should i go back to what i was doing before and i think having that reassurance from people who've done it successfully or who are in the industry just really helped me
0: so it's quite good to have a community yeah. of people that so you're doing it together with other people.
1: Exactly.
2: I guess in a similar vein around the support network and uh, not so much around the community of fellow developers and fellow sort of people who are trying to learn to code, having a strong support network with your immediate friends and family, I found was super important. <laughs> I had to, had to wrangle it a little bit with my family just because of the type of people they are. They're very protective. So choosing the right time to tell them that I had left my job and joined a course (laughs) (laughs) was an important decision to make. But then they were fully on board after that fact. And having my boyfriend there to support me as well throughout to make sure I'm fed to make sure I take breaks to make sure I stop to make sure I socialize and don't lose track of my friends and everything was super important to me
0: and also to be someone positive to go home to who believes in you and is like this is a great thing you're doing not like oh are you sure
2: yes having that support of someone who will be with you on that journey throughout is really important
0: fantastic so like on career community and off career community you need you need people to do it with you what was your worst career moment before moving and why is it what you're doing now different
1: I've got a fuse I'm just trying to think, <laughs> I'm trying to think what the, uh... I've touched on this already but the worst career moment was kind of being made redundant and just not being sure what I wanted to do I had that additional pressure of okay I've got a baby on the way how am I gonna manage things and just thinking about what kind of job do I want to be in I was kind of taking stock on my career history and thinking what can I do that I'm actually going to enjoy and that's going to give me some semblance of work-life balance and just not being sure I think I've I've had a number of different jobs and for various reasons not really enjoyed (laughs) that many of them so I think it's probably just that uncertainty that was probably my worst career moment and and I guess not being sure that making the change into software development was actually going to change anything. That kind of tension was, hmm, is it me? (laughs) Am I the problem, or is it that I just haven't found the right fit in terms of what I want to do? So it's been a real relief, actually, (laughs) having (laughs) got into software development. I'm like, no, I actually like this. This is great. Uh, I do enjoy this, and it does have, I mean, especially at Softwire, there's so much there in terms of flexibility and just trying to, you know, you're not overworked it's not like there's not like this bottom line on profit, you know, and I think things like that just make such a big difference.
0: So it's working out for you now on the work life balance that actually, you you know, you've obviously got a lot of responsibilities, but you can have a job and
1: definitely, yeah, I think a lot of companies, they kind of say all the right things. But in terms of the company culture, there is an expectation for you to, you know, get in early and leave late. And you have to jump through all these extra hoops if you want to kind of succeed or progress. And when you don't physically have the time or the bandwidth to do that can be quite concerning you know what's going to happen to my career if I can't jump through these hoops anymore and whereas software I think because I've seen from other people here you know actually people are managing to get that balance people you know do you have children or other commitments whatever they might be and they're still managing to have successful careers and and balance that so that's been a real positive sigh of relief for me (laughs) (laughs) fantastic
2: for me it's for both in my old career and my new career now, because in my old career I was working as a consultant, or well, in a consultancy, which is similar to software, having or well, has a consultancy arm, um, but is an agency. So it's around uh, you get a you get put onto various projects, and it may may not align to what you want to do. So what I found in my previous consultancy life was that often the work wouldn't inspire me. I wouldn't be motivated to want to go to work the, the projects wouldn't be aligned to my own professional and personal development requirements and needs and wants and i guess that in an agency environment like in software that can still happen in that you won't always necessarily love every project you're on i've been in a in an odd situation whereby i've been jumping from project to project over the last 12 months about every four to six weeks so in twelve months I've been in about, I don't know, ten projects, I think. <laughs> some have been great and some have been not so great, not as scintillating and exciting, or it just sort of it started to rise a bit and then it stopped. So there's uncertainty as well in in both careers that I've been in. But the difference between the two lifestyles is that I feel now there is less judgment and less pressure, and like Ray mentioned, there's less um sort of um sort of superficial show of um commitment in that you have to be there just to make a presence to show you're there as if just being there is your hard work but here and i think particularly in a software development type industry it it is definitely more about output and your outcome and what you produce as opposed to time-based presence
0: yeah which which just literally adds
2: nothing you know so yeah it makes you more miserable if anything (laughs)
0: Fantastic. So, what do you find exciting about the future of the IT industry and technology? Any particular technologies that you're using or that you know are coming up or that you're keen to use in the future? It's difficult
2: because I think whenever you ask that question a lot of the time you get the, the response you get is oh machine learning and AI and yeah that is like the next big step and that is really exciting but at the same time for me personally it's it's less about that and more about okay I want to get to a certain level with a certain suite of technologies and languages and frameworks and then I know that once I've Learned that, I, I wouldn't use the word master, it's quite hard maybe to master it. And I don't, at this moment in time, I don't feel like I can be a master just because, like Ray mentioned, imposter syndrome type thing. But for me, I'm excited to try and learn to be professionally adequate <laughs> in one suite of languages, and then I know I can then quite easily sidestep into another suite of languages and apply a lot of those learnings into that same sort of stack and just know that I can get sort of horizontal development to try something new each time. And that's what excites me in terms of the future of the industry, in terms of new languages, new frameworks, new platforms coming up, and new ways of working and new ways of making things more secure and more exciting.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And that absolutely is how software development works, because there are specific things about different languages and frameworks However, the basic principles of good software development is something that you learn over time, and it does take a long time to develop and become a master, but then it's quite easily cross-applied. Yeah, I'm excited for your future and uh, getting to that point.
1: I think for me, it could be kind of due to lack of experience, but I'm not particularly interested in any one technology. But what I do love seeing is the impact of technological innovation in actual industries, so when I graduated, the first job I had was in the healthcare industry. And I was so frustrated with some of the, <laughs> some of the systems they had in place. There were so many things that could have been improved and optimised. They had, you know, paper-based systems that just didn't really work well. And obviously with healthcare, the impact of this, you know, you can kind of see it. You can kind of see what happens when admin goes wrong or things aren't done properly. It's kind of a life or death situation and my um my sister's a GP as well so I kind of get a bit of an insight into some of the dramas that they have, you know, in the NHS with technology. So what I what I really look forward to seeing is innovation in those kind of industries. Where I think they've been a bit slow to catch up. But I just love to see the improvements that you'd be able to see if you actually I mean some of the um software that we used to use was not great anyway. (laughs) Not great, um not fit for purpose. And so I just think where things are improving, perhaps, you know there could be real changes in in the healthcare industry that aren't going to be as expensive as they would have been say 10 years ago anyway so that's kind of what I'm looking forward to seeing no Um, it's
0: so important because it's not just about cutting edge technology it's actually about using the technology what is now quite standard technology but making sure that's actually used and I always think like you know it's so easy now to book a taxi what if it were that easy to use a health service right you know and there's lots of things like that where it's not that we need robots to be able to do everything. It's just that we need to use what we've got.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I have to register for a new GP and I still have to fill out a paper form. (laughs) like, why?
0: (laughs) Why? I just want to fill something out online. Or even use the data that already exists elsewhere. I'm like, I'm
1: sure you have my details somewhere. But anyway, it's it's a side (laughs) side point. That's another podcast.
0: (laughs) So what are you both working on at the moment? Can you tell me a bit about what you're doing right now?
1: I'm currently on the BBC support team. So I work mainly with music events, website and introducing, which is kind of music platform. So artists upload their music and then the BBC producers can look at it. So day to day, I'll get tickets through that might be make this change here, fix this bug here, (laughs) do this thing.
2: So I'm working on the Channel 5 team at the moment. I am working on one of their internal apps and I'm helping them do some bug fixing at the moment. And we're... Uh, Transitioning from one platform onto Amazon Web Services. So helping them to find out where there's a bug, where there are errors, or where something's not not exhibiting the correct behavior. Finding where in the code base is going wrong and helping them fix that.
0: Mm, Is that a fun thing to do? It's
2: it's one of the less interesting (laughs) projects (laughs) I've been on. Um, Bug fixing isn't particularly quick or fun uh, particularly when it's not when it's a code base which you're not familiar with so if someone else wrote this entire program and it's in rails which has a lot of black box magic hand waving stuff going on so it, it can be frustrating and it takes a long time but once you actually identify the issue which is often just like a one one line change, which is really annoying. <laughs> oh
0: yeah.
2: Um, yeah. <laughs> then, then then it's it's nice to make that progress. But I I say this is an exception in terms of it's it's not the type of work I usually do. It's interesting to try something which is more support based, as opposed to client facing feature development based. So it's nice to get that exposure to different types of projects and the various activities which the teams across software do.
0: Mm. And obviously there's a lot of interacting with clients in both of those roles as well. Yes. What would you say, because you have had these previous careers, what would you say are the, the, the biggest skills that you're bringing across from those into your job now that are giving you an advantage over, say, if you were starting as a graduate or starting as an apprentice?
1: I think that you pick up general life skills. <laughs> and I just think about, I contrast myself now with when I graduated out of uni and, you know, it's a completely different approach to talking to people, to how you think things work. I think I'm a lot more relaxed now than I used to be. I think, I think when I was a new graduate, I think I was a, maybe overthought things a bit too much in terms of, okay, what's the best way to do this and how to do this and how to talk to people and I think when you've had kind of life experience and work experience, should I say, just things are a bit easier. They come a bit more naturally to you. I don't. I don't panic if I need to talk to a client or if I need to have difficult conversations with a colleague. Oh, I've been there, done that. Don't worry, <laughs> it's not a problem. I don't. I don't. I think it's just a certain amount of confidence and ease that you have in terms of your working environment. Um, I think especially because my role specifically, I did have to talk to a lot of clients, stakeholders. You know, I don't have any problem with that. And I know that communication is is something that you learn over time. So it's definitely a skill that I've picked up on and feel confident with.
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree with Lorraine. I came from a similar sort of experience of having a lot of client-facing engagement. And there's a certain knack to communicating things in the right way at the right time to the right people, um, which is very important in maintaining relationships and making sure everyone on both their side and your side are happy. But I think another benefit to having done a fair amount of professional work already is you gain a lot of problem solving and logic development or uh, analysis of problems over time through different environments and different projects that you can then quite easily apply to a, a programming problem or even a client problem, I guess.
0: Yeah. I think it's important to remember because it can feel like you're kind of going back 10 years or throwing away 10 years to start again. But actually, there's so much that you bring with you that, you know, from previous job experience and from life experience that that means you're kind of starting at a higher level than, mm. than if you're just, you know, coming in at 18. Um, so just finally, thank you so much, both of you, what advice would you give to someone who's starting out as a software developer, in particular looking to change careers to become a software developer?
1: I think um, for me, I mean, without being too cliche about it, I think just resilience and perseverance with it. You're going to hit a lot of blocks. This is too hard. This is really, You know, this is a struggle. You'll get through it. You'll get there. Don't worry. <laughs> I still have to tell myself this. <laughs> so, I just think it's important when you're making... With something like software development, where there is so much to learn, and in a way, I don't think you ever learn it all. It's very easy to feel like, I don't know enough. I, I, I'm not going to get this. And I just think it's... Just keep going with it. Persevere. You'll get there. Nothing is insurmountable.
2: <laughs> I guess my tip would be to... Reach out to as many people as you can, both in the industry and outside of the industry. So there's lots of communities online and in person which you can engage with to find out more about what is is it like to be a software developer or to work just generally in the IT industry. And reach out also to your general friends and family just for advice of, you know, I'm thinking of changing career, what are your thoughts? And it's useful to get a range of opinions rather than just try and go down a very narrow route and you get a very narrow point of view around what is it, what is it like to, to change a career or to be in a particular industry. So it's important to find out as much information as you can. Admittedly, there is a lot of information out there, so I think that's very important. And another piece of, of advice would be to just give it a try first. There's lots of free material out there. You can very quickly learn the basics of coding or what is it like to code in a few hours and see if that's your cup of tea but like Lorraine says there is a certain perseverance required in it as well
0: yeah great so so go in and go big right <laughs> yeah, exactly. oh thank you so much that's been great advice thank you Julian and Lorraine and see you next time on Software Tech Talks thank you if you'd like to listen to more Software Tech Talks please do look us up on iTunes or on SoundCloud